0: So let's look at today's gospel. Um, This is a very famous gospel, one that I think most of us are familiar with. That last phrase, render unto Caesar what is Caesar. And so most of the time, I'm sure, if we're hearing homilies or we study this, there's sort of a reflection on what it means to be a citizen, what it means to give back to the government, to participate. And this is all very valid and necessary. But as I was sort of contemplating this gospel, the first thing that I thought about was the second part of Jesus' phrase. Of what does it mean to repay to God what is God's? We understand that giving taxes is what we pay back to Caesar, but what do we pay back to God? But instead of sort of looking at that, I want to look at a deeper question of how we might, as Christians or Catholics, Approach that question of what we owe to God. And I think, to a certain degree, in some people's minds, the way that the gospel phrase is put to us may condition the way we understand that. Render unto Caesar what is God's, and render unto God what is God's. From my experience, there is a great temptation for Catholics and priests and lay people and Christians alike to, in a certain sense, make a connection between repaying Caesar and repaying God. In a certain sense, that we come to, whether we realize it or not, see our relationship to God governed by the same rules that our relationship to Caesar, or to the government, or to our own political leaders, or that there's a great similarity there that in fact God is seen as almost a political leader. That we are in this contractual agreement with him. And as a result, that idea, understanding of our relationship to God, as being the most fundamental thing here in this passage, conditions the whole way we approach the spiritual life. What do I mean by that? How is it that we approach God like we would approach a governmental or a political leader? Well, one of the first things is when it comes to what we have or our responsibilities are, just as when it comes to the political realm, we have our responsibilities to vote and to pay taxes and to be an upstanding citizen, we have our own responsibilities to fulfill as a Catholic. We have to pray every day, we have to tithe, we have to act morally, we have to come to Sunday Mass. These are our responsibilities. These are our duties. This is what we owe to God for being a member of the church, for calling ourselves Christians. And so when we do that, then guess what happens? Just as we pay our taxes, we expect the government to take care of our roads. We expect them to give us good schools. We expect to give them army and police and protection. We expect God to take care of us. We expect him to send down the blessings, to answer our prayers, to make sure our families are safe and to make sure everything is good. Ultimately, this leads to what we call a quid pro quo relationship. a This for that relationship. I give God what I owe him, and therefore, because we have this contractual agreement, because we are sort of on the same page here, he's going to give back to me. He's going to make sure that I have my prayers answered, my blessings, and we're all going to be good because we have that understanding. It's the same way that we conceive our relationship with our governmental officials or our governmental bureaucracy. And so this explains why so many Christians and Catholics get upset whenever something doesn't go right. Wait a second, God, you know, I've been praying my rosaries. I've not been fornicating. I've been coming to Mass every Sunday and now I have cancer. That's not fair. That's unjust. I paid my dues. I did my part of the bargain. Why aren't you upholding your part of the bargain? Why do I have to suffer? Why do I have cancer? It seems unjust. The reason we fall in that way of thinking is because of this understanding that many people can have of how we relate to God, relating to God just like we as a citizen might relate to Caesar. But the truth is, this concept of God and our relationship to him is false. It is absolutely, completely flawed. It is in no way, shape, or form what Jesus is trying to say. And it's flawed on so many different accounts. The first is, God doesn't owe us anything. Caesar owes his subjects certain things because he is the leader. Our political leaders owe us certain things because we elected them in there. God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't say, oh, well, look, Father, you prayed three rosaries today. I better send you some blessings. He doesn't owe us anything. He created us not because he had to. He sustains us not because he has to, but because he chooses to, because he wants to. We'll get into that a little bit later. But also, it's really a pretty narcissistic, self-centered way of looking at things. Because ultimately, what does it come down to? If I do A, then I will get B. And so we can have this attitude, well, I'm gonna start praying my rosary and going to mass and doing all these things so I can get the blessings. So I can make sure that I get to heaven so that I can benefit from this relationship. Ultimately, what is this concept of God, the foundation of the prosperity gospel that is so popular in a very consumeristic society? what is the foundation? Well, if you do these things, if you give your W-2 form to the pastor, if you come to church and Wednesday Bible study, and if you're nice to other people, the Lord's going to bless you. But if you don't, you're going to be poor and miserable. This is what happens, this transactional account of our relationship with God, the quid pro quo. It simply isn't what the gospel is about. So what is? What is the message here of not only what we owe God, but what is that proper understanding of our relationship to him? If it's not a relationship of citizen to leader, then what is it? I will propose... That St. Therese of us here, and we've been celebrating her this month. October 1st was her feast day, and I think most of us know her, the little flower who talked about accepting our own weakness and fallenness and using it as a path to trusting in the Lord. That if you ask St. Therese, what do we owe to God? What should we render unto him? Her answer would be love. That we owe God love. And then if you asked her, well, what is the proper way or understanding of our relationship to him? That would be a very simple answer. She would say, I am the little helpless child. We are children and God is our father. We're not in a contractual agreement with him. But we are children and we trust in him as our father. and his mercy and his love that he will provide for us. That's the proper way of understanding our relationship and what we owe the Lord. Because the child is not there interested in saying, well, I have to fulfill my obligations to my father or else he's not going to feed me or else he's not going to give me blessings. Also, there's no idea from the child saying, well, I'm in this relationship with dad for what I can get out of it. Maybe when you're a teenager, you can fall into that idea, but that's a whole different story. The reality is, that you love the Father and you trust the Father, you're not in it to see what you can get out of it. What Dad can provide for me? And so, if all of a sudden something doesn't happen or turn the way you want it to happen, the loving child, the truly loving child, is not going to feel cheated. But to understand that no matter what happens, the Father is there to provide for them. It changes the way we look at our relationship with God. It's one not governed by obligation and contract anymore, but instead one governed by generosity and trust that the Father will provide. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. Because he loves us. And then when we give back to him, it's not because there's some checklist we have to follow and he's going to give back to us, but because we love him and knows that he loves us. And so this type of attitude, this understanding of what we owe to God in our relationship with Him, transforms the way we live the faith. Because the risk, and this is the real issue, of living out that concept of God as sort of the political leader and we're in this contractual quid pro quo agreement with Him, it is always going to lead to disappointment and misery, every single time. You don't believe me, why do you think people are always complaining about their political leaders? Because they're not happy with the fact that the political leaders aren't living up to their part of the bargain. That's why they killed Caesar and political leaders that came before us. That's the issue. If it's a quid pro quo, you're always going to be disappointed. Because there's a lack of trust inherent in a contract. If I trust you and I love you, I don't need a contract with you because I know you are going to be fair to me. But if it's a quid pro quo thing and we have a contract with God, inherently it shows we don't trust Him. That we need this contract for Him to fulfill His part of the bargain and for us to fulfill our part of the bargain with Him. It can also lead us to strive for the minimum. And something I've talked about before in other homilies. If it's only about fulfilling obligations and duties, then we're going to strive for the minimum. Really, in today's gospel, whenever it talks about paying taxes, how many of us, when April 15th comes along and says, you know, I really love my country. I don't think we should burn the flags. I'm going to give 10 extra percent to Uncle Sam. No one does that. We're just going to spend three weeks and probably more money than we would pay in taxes normally to find out how to pay less taxes. But when it comes to a relationship governed by love, we do not do that. But we want to go above and beyond what is owed or what we should give. And then, of course, what happens is the leader doesn't live up to their responsibility and resentment and anger and frustration begins to set up. I put all this money in. I put all this time and investment in. And they're not living up to their part of the bargain. So resentment, disenchantment, and resentment, and I think that is one of the reasons there are so many Christians and Catholics who are not happy about their faith because they think God's not living up to their part of the bargain or they don't need to live up to their part of the bargain because God's not blessing them and all of a sudden it falls apart. But if love governs it, if we see God as our Father, it's going to transform Everything. The child is grateful for everything that he or she receives from the Father. There's a generosity in giving back, wanting to show love because of the love the Father has shown. And there's a great peace that comes from trusting that the Lord is providing not because he has to, but because he wants to, because he loves us. And so that is the message that I think we can take away from the gospel by examining our own hearts because all of us, fall into that false understanding of our relationship with God. We pray, maybe through the intercession of St. Therese, that our hearts can change, that we can come to understand God as our loving Father, not in a relationship with Him governed by quid pro quo or contract, but we receive our love from Him, and trust in His love and mercy, and give back, and begin to experience the joy that we know should come from being sons and daughters of God the Father. Amen.